On episode 571 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we discuss how to get going and keep going on your fitness goals. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 570. you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness the 40 plus fitness podcast is here for you each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40 i'm coach allen i'm an nasm certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise behavior change performance enhancement and fitness nutrition a Precision Nutrition Level 1 coach, a FAI-certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA Level 2 online trainer. Each week, I'm joined by our co-host, Coach Rachel. She is an NASM-certified personal trainer and a RRCA Level 1 run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. What's keeping you from losing weight, improving your health, and getting more fit? You start out great, and then bam, something comes along and derails you. Your diet was going great, but that birthday cake on Saturday fired up your sweet tooth. Or you were working out every day, and you hurt your foot. Your doctor told you to keep off of it for six weeks. Those six weeks have come and gone, and you're still keeping off of it. But deep down, you know it's not the cake or the injury to blame, right? It's a mindset block. And like an invisible wall, each and every time you make progress, you inevitably backslide. Until you address your health blocker, you won't see the success you want and need. That's why I created a quiz to help you diagnose your health blocker. It's absolutely free at 40plusfitness.com forward slash quiz. Take the free what's your health blocker quiz at 40plusfitness.com forward slash quiz. Hello, Raz. How are you today? Good, Alan. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Good. Um, you know, we're, we're, we record this a few weeks ahead. So, you mm-hmm. know, we're still into the getting started on the uh, Christmas season stuff. You know, it's the parades and the Santa stuff and, and all of that. But uh, this is going to go live. This is the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, with New Year, a lot of people go in with their resolutions. Yes. And, uh, you know, so I've I've had a lot of conversations with people because people are right now they're doing the, you know, again, we're doing this in December. So bear with me. But uh, I I try to help reporters by they want to interview someone or they want some material from a personal trainer. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the question always comes up this time of year. How do we stick with our New Year's resolutions. So I've been having that conversation a few times uh, at various levels. And that's that's really what I wanted this episode today to really be about was, okay, you, you've decided you want to do something, but I'm going to start out and just tell you that's not good enough. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just not. It's probably a lot. And there's a lot of reasons. And you, you can listen to this episode uh, and see a, a lot of reasons why what you're, what you're doing might not be working for you long term or short term or whatever. Um, but I want to put that out there. Um, so yeah, for me, it's, it's just, um, trying to, to stick with it. Uh, Tammy had to go back to the States because her mother had a health issue. Oh no! And so, yeah, so she went back to the States and her mother's out of the hospital now. Good. Uh, and so she's going to have to go through treatment and things like that. And it's a permanent treatment. So again, as we get into this episode and particularly in the discussion after, um, that that's, this is where it all comes from. You start looking forward and you start seeing your future if you don't do something. So, um, yeah, so a lot going on. I'm here by myself at Lula's. Um, but we're right now, fortunately, we're very, very slow. I think I, we have one guest uh, oh, nice. for about the next three or four days, uh, which is good because I've got a lot to catch up on uh, with, with everything else. But, yeah, I'm, I'm basically running Lula's by myself um, and through Christmas um, I'll be doing that now. Christmas will be busy and I'll have, I think, 14 or 15 breakfasts and all kinds of stuff. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be moving uh-huh. a lot over the course good. of the holidays uh, to get this <laughs> stuff done. Well, good, good. Mm-hmm. It's, no, it's good. We're, it's good. We're busy. It's, it's a good month. It's a good month. But um, how are things? How are things up there? 
Good, good. A lot colder than what you got down there, Alan. <laughs> it's cold enough. It, it was it's down in the seventies today, and oh, I'm, gosh. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Um, oh, <laughs> just kind of show you how wimpy I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got twenty five up here. So as long as it's on the plus side, I'm okay. It's when it gets to be negative, that it gets really cold. <laughs> yeah, but but Mike can't ice fish unless it gets. That is true. So that is the bonus. We do have ice. It's forming now. And he's looking forward to to fish camp coming up in the next month or two, I think. But yeah, he's recovering well. And we're doing a lot of resting, which is nice because it's the holiday season up here as well. And so we're just kind of taking it easy, enjoying this cooler weather (laughs) as best we can. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, are you ready to talk about fitness goals? Sure how to get going and keep going on your fitness goals. I did a little survey on our Facebook group the other day about what was holding people back, what was keeping them from meeting their health and fitness goals or what their basic struggle was. And I got one resounding answer. The biggest struggle that most of us face when trying to get and stay fit is motivation. But here's the thing. Motivation just doesn't happen. It's not something that's going to show up for you when you need it. Instead, we need to rely on commitment. So commitment will carry us. And I've had this conversation many, many times, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it right here so you can kind of get an idea of what's going on. So a commitment starts with a very basic thing. It starts with a why. Why do you want to be healthy and fit? What's driving you to do this? And then the second part of commitment is, what does that actually look like? Do you know what fitness is like or going to be like for you? Do you have some end vision of what this will be? So let me tell you a basic story of how all of this came together for me, because I I wanted to be healthy and fit. I missed being athletic. I missed doing the things that I was doing. And I was very miserable with the fact that I couldn't do those things. So I, I, you know, I had some drivers behind me. I had, I had some reasons uh, to do it, but they really weren't the right kind of reasons. And then I come along to a moment in my life where my daughter, Rebecca, I call her Becca, had um, gotten into CrossFit and these obstacle course races and all this kind of stuff. And she was basically a mini me at this point. She was living the life that I used to live. And I missed it desperately. And so one day she said to me, hey, daddy, I'm going to be doing this CrossFit thing. I want you to come watch me do it. And to be honest with you, man, that was a kick in the teeth Um, for my daughter to say, hey, come watch me do this. Um, you know, the the realization was I did not want to be a spectator in my daughter's life. I wanted to be a participant. I wanted to be actively engaged in doing things with my daughter. And if the things she loved were things I couldn't do, then I couldn't be that person. I would have to be the spectator. And that just really wasn't good enough for me. So, you know, for me, I can actually point to the moment. I can point to that conversation and I can point to waking up the next morning in a hotel room, a little hungover, right? Very hungover, and just realizing that this was the missing element. Commitment was the missing element. I had never really committed. Now, if you're struggling to get to your why, there is an exercise to help you dig deeper to really get to something tangible and emotional and real. And it's called the five whys, okay? So if I ask you why you want to get fit and you tell me, well, I don't want to breathe so heavy when I'm going up the stairs. And I did the little five-year or eight-year-old toddler thing, a kid thing, and I said, why? And you say, well, you know, uh, when I walk up the stairs and I start breathing really heavy, it's, it's embarrassing. Okay, well, why? Well, because I... I'm not fit. And, and, I'll, and I'm like, okay, well, why, why is breathing heavy the problem? Well, the why would be, well, everybody's kind of looking at me while I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm bent over. And I realize that as I'm sitting there just really trying to catch my breath, it's kind of making a scene at work. And I think people are looking down at me. Why? Well, I should be able to walk up a flight of stairs, perform my job, do my thing, and not be super winded. 
And so when you take that why down, this becomes, I want to be able to perform better at work. So your fitness why could be very much different from why you think it's your why. You may think your why is that you just want to be more fit. But the reality is it's affecting your confidence. It's affecting maybe your work performance. It's affecting how people are looking at you. And so you can kind of see that there's this deeper emotional thing that's going on as you start to put this together. So for me, not wanting to be a spectator in my daughter's life, wanting to be a participant. Okay, that was not at the surface level. At the surface level, I was like, well, I I used to be athletic. I'd like to be athletic again. Great. Why? Well, because when I was athletic, I had enjoyed myself. I had a lot of energy. Okay, why do you want that? Well, because that made me feel younger. It made me feel stronger. It made me feel like I belong and I could stick with people. Well, why do you, is that important to you? Well, because my daughter is doing this stuff and I want to be able to do it with her and not be a spectator. So you kind of see how I can take those five whys and I can just drill. I can just start drilling down until I get to the core essence of what this is. I was an athlete. I'm not anymore. I want to be able to keep up with my daughter and do things. She's doing athletic things. I need to be able to do athletic things. So you see the difference in just saying I should be an athlete. I was an athlete to now taking it down to this deeper, deeper level where it's now rooted in who I am as a person and how I want to live my life. I'll make the joke that I want to be able to wipe my own ass when I'm 105. Okay. And why? Because I don't want someone to have to do it for me. I don't want to be embarrassed about how I'm living my life. And I don't want to be in a situation where I'm dependent on other people, particularly my family, to take care of me. I see myself as the caretaker and I want to be that person then as much as I want it now. So you can kind of see how as you keep digging, you're going to get down to this point. And then as you start looking at your vision there's a direct link to what this is all about. So some things may have happened in your life that have got you really thinking about this this year. So one is maybe your doctor told you there's signs of osteopenia. You know, you're losing bone mass and you need to do something and you don't want to be that frail old person. Okay. Or maybe you're struggling with just everyday tasks. So there's a jar of pickles sitting there on the, on the counter. You can't open. And now you have to wait till someone stronger than you comes home open that jar of pickles for you. That's not a place you want to be. Or you find yourself, as I said, you go up a flight of stairs and you can't catch your breath. Or you find yourself struggling with your balance. And this is keeping you from doing things you love, like playing tennis or like with my grandfather playing golf. He had to quit golf because he didn't have his balance. And sometimes it's just something fun. You know, um, there's people here on the island talking about getting together and doing pickleball. And I'm like, well, that'd be fun. And so, you know, they're going to get the stuff together. At some point, I'm going to want to go out there and play, and I'm not going to want to be silly embarrassed. So I'll probably start doing some training toward my vision of being a better pickleball player. Um, Again, never played it, haven't played it. I played tennis some when I was younger, assuming it's fairly close to the same game. So some of those skills will probably rub off a little bit, but I'm actually going to do some things to make sure that I'm as fit as I need to be to be able to enjoy some pickleball. So you can kind of see how now as you're tying your vision, tying how you want to live your life, the the things you want to do for fitness, they all tie into this thing, this whole thing of why do you want to do this? And what does it look like? And what does it mean to you? And all those different things that come together as a commitment and a commitment of living a healthy and fit life. Now, as you get into the actions of things that you're going to need to do to get more fit, you got to line up the things that'll tell you you're doing it. And that's where the SMART art goals, again, SMART, where there's an extra A in SMART goals. Now, I I talked about this in detail on episode 564, so I'm not going to go into much detail here. I encourage you to go check that out if you're looking for ways to do your building blocks to get you from point A to point Z. You can't just do that. You got to work through each one. And so SMART goals are specific, they're measurable, they're attainable, they're actionable, they're uh, relevant, meaning they tie to your vision, and they're timely. So literally, you sit down and say, what's my vision? How do I have a specific goal that's between here and there? It's measurable, it's attainable, it's time-bound, and above all, it's an action. It's not something that I can say, 
I'm able to do. It's I am, I, I did, I will do, I have done that kind of thing. It's got to be actionable. So go back to episode 564, maybe after you listen to this, as you're looking to put your SMART goals together. Okay. Now let's break down the process. Uh, you know, you're going to have these different struggles as you get into dealing with motivation. So the commitment's really, really important, but you're going to have to look at this whole thing of who you are. So there's this whole self-awareness layer under motivation. So people will say, I don't have motivation. And I say, you're not committed. Once you're committed, the motivation is a ton easier, but you're just not quite there yet. So let's start with self-awareness and what you need to look at. Now, some of the people in the Facebook group, which you can go to 40 plus fitness podcast.com forward slash group. If you want to join the group, some of them said they had difficulty starting and other people said they had difficulty to keep going. So I want to talk about those two things because they're slightly different spins on the same thing. Okay. When you're having trouble getting started, you're having trouble with initiation. You're unable to initiate. Okay. And so what's happening here is you're standing still or sitting still and you have no inertia. There's nothing to push you forward. So what you're looking for is some motivation, something to push you, to get you moving, okay? To start, that's important, okay? The other part of it is the continuing to go. And this is a big play on consistency. If you're not consistent, you probably won't see the benefits of the work that you're doing. The once and done doesn't happen in fitness. It almost never can you just do one thing one time and you've reached some fitness goal. It just doesn't work that way. So once you start doing something, you need to be consistent with it to see the results down the line. Now, how do we get started and how do we keep going? We've got this whole mindset now where we're committed to do this. Very important. Do that first. But then there's the next part, and this is where it all kind of starts to come together. So to get started and keep going, you have to be accountable. You have to have accountability. This is a key tool that a lot of people skip. They're like, oh, I, I want to do it. I'll just do it. And maybe you try it and then you fall, or maybe you just don't even try and you never even get into it. So have you ever needed to be something, do something, but based on where you were, it just wasn't you weren't able to do it, okay? And I, I want to take you through a story to kind of give you an idea of what was going on for me with this, okay? So I was in Orlando and I was on a panel while we were discussing uh, audit stuff, fraud fraud stuff, okay? So I had all these people, I'm sitting on a stage, I'm sitting in a panel and the night before I had been out with friends uh, that I know because we all kind of went to these things together so I'd run into the same people. So I was out with some people I knew and I'd gotten uh, pretty much chewed up by some mosquitoes all over my back. And so my back was itching like crazy, but here I am sitting on stage. So I really can't do anything about it. I'm, I'm itching like crazy. I'm on the panel and, and even parts of it, I knew I, I couldn't even reach. If I tried to reach back there and start scratching my back, I wasn't going to be able to do it. So I, I waited, I kind of gritted my teeth and I got through it. Now, as soon as the, the thing was over and I was able to finish answering questions and get off the stage and move away, I went over and I found a vacant spot in the convention center area and there was a doorway and I was able to start scratching my back, rubbing my back against the door frame, similar to how you, you know, a bear would rub his back against a tree. Um, I've never seen a real bear do that, but they do it in commercial cartoons and they do it on TV all the time. But I was scratching my back against a tree, I mean, against that, that door frame. And someone walks around the corner and it's kind of embarrassing. But the base point of what I'm trying to get to is when people are watching you, you act differently. You stop doing things that you know you will be embarrassed for people to know you did. And you put off doing things. You hold back. You grit your teeth and get things done that you didn't necessarily feel you could do or you didn't want to do but you wouldn't do this in front of someone. That, that's accountability. That's how this works. It's really, it's in your head. Someone's watching. Someone cares. I'm going to do this. 
Now, when someone's watching us, obviously we're doing something a little different, right? So this is accountability, okay? And in your health and fitness journey, this is important and this is how you can think about it from a perspective of getting things done. So I'm going to ask you to remember a time, and this is the Wayback Machine. So this is well before cell phones, okay? And you remember you were going to go for a trip. So you're driving and your mother would say, and you probably remember this, call me when you get there. Now, what did that do? It did a few things. One is it made you accountable to drive safely because you now knew that your mother was aware of when you were due to arrive at a certain place and she cares. So she's paying attention. So you're probably going to drive a little safer and you're going to go directly where you're supposed to go. Because if you're supposed to get there at five o'clock and you don't call your mother at five o'clock, you know, she's going to be worried about you. So you get there. Now, we didn't have cell phones. So there was no real way unless you stopped somewhere for a payphone to say, hey, I'm running a little late. But for the most part, you were driving until you got there and you get there and you call your mom. Hey, mom, got here. Everything's cool. Good. You were accountable to your mother. You had respect for your mother. You knew she was looking. You knew what she was looking for and you delivered. Now, another one, and that's and, and what I call there is I call that authority accountability. So you have a, a coach leader type of accountability where you're responsible, to, you feel responsible to somebody. They're looking out over you. They care about you. They're a leader. They're, a, uh, they're basically a leader or a coach, and they're there to look after you. Okay. Now, the other kind of accountability that's out there is a little different, but just as important and just as valuable. And we call that social accountability. So here's the story. Let's say, okay, you tell your friends or y'all, your friends all agree, hey, we're going to go watch the movie at 6.30. Now, back before cell phones, they want to watch the seven o'clock show. We're all going to meet at the movie theater in the game room at 6.30. Guess where you were pretty much before or after, right around 6.30, you're at the game room. Why? Because you were socially responsible to these individuals. You wanted their social approval. You, they, you knew they were looking for you. They knew you knew that you were supposed to be there. They were going to be there. Okay, so this is now a social accountability. So we have the two types of accountability. We have the leader coach accountability, which is sort of from a perspective of respect and authority. And then we have the social accountability, which is really about the, I care what they think about me and I want to be responsible to them. And I want to be liked and loved and respected as well. So you're, you, if those two tools are really, really valuable. And you want to look at accountability from those two lenses. Okay. So you kind of get the idea that if you have both the coach leader, the leader coach accountability available to you, and you have the social accountability due to you, there's two different ways that you can approach this problem. So let's talk a little bit about the getting started. Now, what's a good level of authority or, or a good level of accounting accountability? And I kind of gave you the answer there, but what's the, what's the type of accountability that's best for getting started? That is the leader coach type because the leader coach type is going to be there to kind of push you. Like I said, you have inertia holding you back. So you're sitting still and you need something to push you. Now, most of our social relationships they're not in the pushing mode. They're not, they're not necessarily going to make you do things you don't want to do. Because again, they're looking at you socially as well. So they're not the best people to kind of push you to start. But a leader coach form of accountability is much better at that initial push, okay, that initial go. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. If you have the right coach, the right leader, and the other side of it is typically you're also paying these people and if you're making the payment and you're committing to it and you're there, you're going to show up and the coach is going to get you going. The leader is going to get you moving. And so as we start going, that breaks that inertia. And now you're moving. So if getting started is your problem, I would consider looking for a coach or leader that's going to push you just to get you started. Okay. Now, the other type of accountability, social accountability, is really good on the keep going part. So the more people you surround yourself that are like what you want to be 
or a like-minded enough and moving in the same direction you are because they want the same things for themselves, you're creating a social accountability network that's moving you in the right direction. Our Facebook group, again, you go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash group, is a great way to put people in your life that are like-minded and moving in the same direction you are. So there's lots of opportunity there for you to build that social network, okay? Now, there are two other ways to look at accountability that I want to talk about, okay? So there is the extrinsic motivation that is going to come to us from other people. So remember, we talked about the coach, right? The coach. The coach is going to ask you to do things and you're going to want to do it because you know the coach is looking and you know the coach cares. So now you're doing things that's coming from an extrinsic perspective. So initially, the getting started part, that's really valuable, right? It gets you started. It initiates movement. It gets you moving. That's really good, particularly if that's where you struggle most. Now, if your struggle is on the going forward, then extrinsic motivation can work, but it gets a little, I can say it gets a little tedious because again, the coach is asking, you're saying yes, you're moving. Coach is asking, you're saying yes, you're moving. So you kind of see where it just builds this kind of little loop and it's great. But if you're looking for the consistency to keep happening, you got to start moving towards a different style of motivation. It can't stay extrinsic. You have to move it toward the intrinsic or internal. So as you're looking at accountability, remember there's there's coach leader accountability, which is some individual that you respect and respond to. And there's social accountability, which are the people around you that you know care and you want to be a part of that social group. You're doing those two things. That's the accountability piece. Now, the, the motivation piece is extrinsic. So all of that accountability is an extrinsic motivator. They're pushing you to go and keep going. But where you're really going to get value out of this whole process, and this is a big, big thing. It's a hard thing. But when it starts to happen, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel the momentum of this stuff shift. And look, everything you're trying to do with your health and fitness goals, there's just going to be this fundamental shift in the way you approach things. And that's when you can internalize the motivation. That's when it becomes intrinsic. Now, as you do that, now you're driven. And so what's happening is, at first, you you didn't really want to work out. You said, I don't like to work out. I don't like to sweat. I don't like to use my muscles and lift weights. I don't like to do these things. Your coach is kind of moving you. Your leader coach accountability is kind of pushing you to start. You start lifting. You start doing some things. You're like, I still don't like this, but I'm doing it. And then you have the social group. It's like, hey, have you lost a little bit of weight? Hey, you're going to the gym. That's awesome. Can I go to the gym with you? Can I be around when you're doing this stuff? Can I be a part of your life? You're bringing in and building this accountability network that's both coach leader and social, and you got that in your life. Now, you're still dealing and using extrinsic motivation to try to drive all of this behavior. Once you start to bring it inside, so you're doing, and now you're getting. And once you start getting, you're like, hey, I can lift more than I was able to lift last week or last month. I'm getting stronger. I'm succeeding in this thing that I wanted to do. And I'm, I'm succeeding better than I even thought maybe I could. Okay. Once those things start falling in place, you're like, well, I actually want to get stronger. I actually want to lift weights. How weird is that? That is intrinsic motivation. When it's sort of this thing where you're like, well, no, it's like their friend calls you and says, hey, Let's go meet up and do this thing. And like, well, okay, let me get my workout in and then I'll meet you there. When your brain starts doing that and there's intrinsic motivation for you to still get it done, boom, that's magic, right? So just to kind of wrap this all up, and I want to put one more piece of information out there before we close up, but you've got to start with the commitment. Why do you want this and where are you going? Second, what are you going to do to get moving forward? and to keep moving forward. And that starts with accountability. Accountability is the extrinsic motivation that you need to make this start happening. And then we got to push it and push it till we get to success, some form of success, something that's going to say, okay, I get it. My body's responding. This feels actually feels good. And now I have this intrinsic motivation 
to do it and keep doing it. Okay, so now we're moving. Now, the only other piece I want to throw in here before we close this out is that there's a thing called pace. And I, I get into pace really deep on episode 504. And so I'd encourage you to go there if you want to learn more about pace. But the reality of it is, based on where we are, and that's that's going to be in the self-awareness piece, that's going to be in the commitment piece, you know, there are going to be limits and there are going to be capabilities. There's going to be things in your life that are going to tell you, you're moving too fast, you're moving too slow. And I want you to listen to the voices that are driving you, but I don't want them to drive you to a point of injury and worse. Because again, if you stop because you're injured, you've got to start all over, okay? And that can be really, really hard, especially if you haven't really built the intrinsic motivation. And now that you're going to have to take this break to recover, you might struggle with the fact that you do have to recover. So understand that pace is about what you can do with what you have. If you can sprint, it's time to sprint. It's time to get in that Ferrari and haul it, then do it. But if you've got a lot going on in your life or you're trying to work around an injury or an illness, then you're in a much slower vehicle and you have to accept that as what you can do with what you have. Okay, so pace is a hard one and I don't want that to ever derail you, but just recognize that it's out there. You can't go too fast, but you also don't need to go too slow. So you got to find the right pace for you. And that's where a coach can, again, really come in handy is they can get you started and they can get you started in the right way where you're working at the right pace, you're avoiding injury. And as a result, you're getting that value out of the work, which helps you move from an extrinsic model, an external model of motivation to an intrinsic model of motivation. Now, I know I threw a lot at you and this is not easy stuff. It isn't. But you start with the commitment. It gets a lot easier. And then you you hire the coaches. You do what you got to do to put the right people around you to get that accountability layer in there. And then you start understanding that motivation doesn't come first. It comes last. Once you get moving, the motivation builds. Okay? Motivation starts externally and it comes internal. It, it moves in. So as you do better, the, the motivation is going to come in and you're going to have it in you. It's just going to be a part of who you are. So again, commitment, accountability, extrinsic motivation, intrinsic motivation, and you're off to the races. So I hope this was valuable to you. If you're struggling with this, this whole process of the commitment and the accountability and getting motivation to move inward, to make all this stuff kind of happen... I'd really like to talk to you about it. You know, this is what I do all day, every day. I help people build that thing to build their process, to build their lifestyle it's sustainable because it starts with commitment. It starts with that foundation and it moves inside and we help make sure they're moving at the, you're moving at the right pace, that you're getting what you need at the right time. And as a result, you build something that works for you, that will always work for you. And you'll know that model. You'll have that tool chest. If you'll go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash discovery, we can get you on a call and we can talk about these elements. And no, now I know I'm not for everybody. I know I'm not the best coach for everybody. So I'm not going to tell you that, yeah, I'm going to be your coach because you called this, you know, we got on this call. But what I will promise you is if we get on the call, you will leave that call with a plan. Okay. That's the one thing I can promise you. I may not be the right coach for you, but I will make sure that that time spent is valuable because you'll discover what's important for you to be successful to take that next step. So if you'll go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash discovery, uh, we can go ahead and book a call and you can get this done and make 2023 your year. Welcome back, Russ. Hey, Alan, you know, I did see that post that you put on your 40 plus fitness Facebook page, and I was pretty surprised, but not surprised by the responses you were getting that people were lacking motivation. And coincidentally, um, I'm seeing the same frustration with a lot of our friends, you know, being that we are up to our knees in snow right now. <laughs> not many of us want to be outside for a lovely walk in the park. It's kind of brutal. So yeah, motivation is just waning over the holidays. It's really hard to rely on that when you're um, when you've got fitness in mind or health in mind. 
Yeah. Well, like I said in the in the discussion of this, uh, my episode is you, you've got to find something with deep meaning. If, if yes, if you don't feel it, I mean, li- literally, you don't feel it, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. then it's it's probably not going to happen the way you want it to, or it won't stick. So mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone who was just passionate about weight loss. Like, <laughs> no, right. no, like I, right. I need to, I, yeah, I need to lose. 15 pounds or 10 pounds or whatever. It's like, oh man, that's such a, uh, you know, a brave goal. It's such a, mm-hmm. a tremendous thing for you to be thinking about or caring about. And I don't mean that to belittle it, but just realize how little emotional attachment you have to right. losing 15 or 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. There's none. There, right. there's, there's none. And so you're just, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a drive behind you. You've got to mm-hmm. find the things that are going to push you and then pull you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your why is going to pull you. Mm-hmm. Your accountability is going to push you. Well, which is why I like how you started with the five whys and how to be, like you said, a toddler and keep asking the question why to dig deeper. And I do the same with my athletes too. You know, why do you want to run a marathon? Why do you want to do these things that have these goals? You really need to dig deep into that because there's more underneath the surface. Yeah, because mile 18 is going to suck on your first baton. <laughs> and you've got to have a reason to pick up that foot again. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's important to have a why. And that's a great driving force. And I think that's a good place to start is to to really drill deep into your whys. And then after that, um, commitment. That's another one of my favorite words. You need yeah. to commit um, to those whys. And then having the accountability. I think that accountability is probably one of the biggest factors for why I do what I do while I run so much is because I have the accountability of my run club and my run friends. And we each push each other to our goals and make sure we're doing things to stay, you know, able and ready for the next race. Yeah. So that's a, that's a social accountability. So you surround Mm -hmm. yourself with the people um, but for most of us, uh, it's it's going to probably be easier to start with the the leader coach type of mm-hmm. accountability, because what's going to happen there is that individual is going to get you focused and get you moving. Yeah. And then if you start surrounding yourself with people like you, you know, that are runners, then it's easy enough at that point for you to say, OK, mm-hmm. we're going to put together a streak during the holidays. Mm-hmm. And and then you know we're, we all want to do this. Uh, we got to do at least this many miles or mile or whatever you're going to put the distance to like qualify it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody is seeing everybody else do their thing, mm-hmm. and that's driving them to lace up those shoes. Yes, even yep. if internally they're having that conflict of I really don't want to go out there. It's freaking 25 degrees, Rachel. <laughs> what right? are you doing? Yes. Um. <laughs> yes. Yep. You yep. Know. But but having a coach, that's the other part that I think is so important is sometimes I know for me, I get stuck with um, too many options. I got too much going on. I don't know where to get started. I don't know how to get started. And just like you said, a lot of people have difficulty starting. So I like to have somebody tell me what to do. Tell me today I need to do X, Y, and Z. Tomorrow be A, B, and C. You know, to have that coach get you started, kind of kick you out the door. You don't have to think about it. You just do what the coach tells you to do and you're off and running. And that's there's a lot of benefits to having a coach. Yeah. Well, you know, when I um when I was looking at doing some strength training for the Spartan, I hired a coach, a strength coach. And the the basic purpose was one, I was I was working a lot of hours. And I just really didn't want to think about my workout, mm-hmm. you know, and I had the coach there as that he was going to be there. You know, uh, he hated when he actually, when he blurted out five o'clock in the morning because he had <laughs> another athlete that wanted to work out at six 30 when he was oh, training gosh. me. And she's like, he's like, she can only train at six 30 and she was the same days as you. Uh, do you mind moving yours? earlier. And I'm like, okay, what time? And he said, five o'clock. I said, you're on. And then he realized <laughs> what he had just done was he was going to have to meet me at the, at the gym at five o'clock every morning. And oh, we boy. did. I was in there. In fact, I get there before and I literally have the weights already loaded. So when he walked in the door, I was ready to do my first set, you know? But so, you know, there was, there was some intrinsic motivation there from myself and, you know, but I had that accountability 
And so for me, it was, it was easy enough. I knew it was going to be there. I get there. I didn't have to think about the workout. I didn't mm-hmm. have to think about any of it. I just, you know, after a, a couple of weeks working with him, I already knew kind of where he was going to go anyway. Um, so I, I knew the weight that he was probably going to put. So I already mm-hmm. had that loaded uh, before he arrived. Awesome. And I would do squats and I do leg press. And at the time I was, it was kind of insane how much I was leg pressing relative. And so it would take us 15 minutes to load the sled. Oh gosh. And 15 minutes to unload the sled. So like I said, I would start loading the sled. I'd, I'd set up my squat and I'd start loading plates to the, the sled for the leg press. And then he would get there. And after I finished the squat, then we would put the rest of the plates on or while I was doing squats, sometimes we'd be putting the plates on so that I could go right into doing leg press. Wow. Um, and then we would start taking the the weights off after the leg press, I would already be doing another exercise. So it, was, it, it kept me efficient. It kept me moving. Mm-hmm. If I was doing that by myself, you know, it would be like a easy enough to sit there and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to go a little light today so I don't have to load as many plates or I'm just going to skip the leg press because I don't want to spend the 15 minutes to load <laughs> and then 15 minutes to unload this all by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that, that was kind of one of the things. And so, you know, if you, if you want to succeed at this stuff, you've really got to do all of it is there's not yes. one perfect thing saying, oh, well, I have a coach, therefore I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. No, if you don't have the why it's probably not going to happen. And you have to start building the social, uh, accountability as mm-hmm. a function of this whole thing, because without that, you're, you're probably not going to hire the coach and keep that coach on for the rest of your life. So building the social network that's going to keep you going is also very, very important. Um, And then the final bit is to take that motivation that you're getting from these external sources, Mm -hmm. the extrinsic motivation, and find a way to get it in you. And so it becomes more intrinsic motivation because you don't have you don't have to hype yourself up to run a marathon. No. Anymore, you know, it's like no, for yeah. you, it's like, yeah, I got it. I got these connections. I've got this accountability, and and you yeah. hired a, a run coach for for one of the races. But the base point would be is you didn't need that to do the work. You were going to do the work, and you were going to run the marathon. Those were given without any of that accountability mm-hmm. because you've turned your motivation internally, and you now mm-hmm. are just you're a runner. Yep, that's who you are, and you run because you're a runner. It's my lifestyle at this point. And when you get, when you find what you love to do in the gym or outside of the gym, on the trails, wherever it is that you do your habit, you get to doing it so often that it just becomes what you do. It's how you plan things, it's how you manage your weekly schedule. And it just becomes part of your life. And then in turn, it's the intrinsic motivation to keep at it. And yeah, that's where I'm, I've been running for almost 25 years now. So it's pretty much not even a thought at this point anymore. It's just do, I brush my teeth and I run. That's what I do. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, a lot of times I'll get this like, well, I'm not, I'm not like you, Rachel. I'm not like you. you know, I'm, I don't have that in me. You know, I hate running. I hate sweating. I hate, mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell you, then you really haven't gotten to the why mm-hmm. and you really haven't made a commitment. And that's, you got to go back to that. Yes. Um, you got to go back to that because here's, here's the core. And I can tell you a dozen stories of me watching people who are older than me get sick, mm-hmm. really sick mm-hmm. and really bad, gruesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're gross stories, they're horrible stories. And what I saw in that was a potential future. Mm-hmm. It was a potential future where I'm not taking care of myself. Right. And so I want independence well into old, old age. Mm-hmm. I literally want people to say, I don't think this guy's going to die. Uh, he's just got too much energy. He just <laughs> yeah, you're perpetual. Yeah, yeah. Perpetual. It's like I like I don't understand. He's gonna yeah. he's like he's gonna live forever. Um, but I want people to to know that I'm capable and able, and I'm gonna take care of myself. I'm gonna take care of the people around me. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do the silly stuff that is going to basically make my last years terrible. So you know, I have family members that I dealt with tobacco issues with cancers horrible, horrible way to go out, you know, and then don't think it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's just a win. 
you live mm-hmm. long enough and don't die of something else that you you have basically planted the seeds if you still mm-hmm. if you smoked or if you still smoke and even if it wasn't that my mother and my uh, mother-in-law both now have COPD mm. you know and it's like mm-hmm. okay you know and they both had quit smoking at some point in their lives mm-hmm. but it, you know the damage was done and now in their 70s uh they're experiencing issues and you know it's 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 terrible but it's kind of one of those things of saying, well, we knew all the way back in the seventies that this stuff was not in your best interest and you didn't quit mm-hmm. then. Uh, you waited until we were into the 1990s or 2000s. So that's another 25, 30 years that you knew what you were doing was not in your best interest. You just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where the why comes in. That's where that, right. that, that looking ahead and saying, why do I want to do this today? I want to do this today so I can wipe my own butt when I'm 105. Mm-hmm. Got stories about that too. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as you as you just look at anyone who's older than you and they're struggling with things, they they can't open a pickle jar. They can't, you know, get up from the seat without pushing with their arms and leaning forward. And now they got to get rails in their bathroom so they can get in and out of the bathtub and they're falling more often. And, you know, maybe even hospitalized more often, Mm -hmm. uh, you start seeing that you're like, okay, well, is that your path? Right. And you make a choice. You make a choice every single day, how you're going to live that day. That's all you get. That's right. And and so if you're making the right decisions, then you have a better opportunity to have a better future. And so for me, it's not, my intrinsic motivation does not come from, I've got a race coming up or there's that. Those help for short-term stuff, you know, like if mm-hmm. I want to get really strong or want to basically build right. up my stamina, then yeah, schedule, schedule a race. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm wired for that. If I've got something in front of me that's scary, I'll work to make sure that I'm in the best condition I can possibly be. But mm-hmm. my day-to-day, how I look at my nutrition and my sleep and my stress management, um, then I'm looking at it from the, how long am I going to live and how do I want to live that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that look like? And, you know, so... I left corporate America. You know, I had a great job with making a lot of money and I got laid off and I very easily could have made a few, a few phone calls and probably within a few months had another job just like that. But I was looking at my stress levels and saying, you know, this isn't getting me where I want to be mm-hmm. in 30 or 40, 50 years. Right. And I know a lot of people don't think that far ahead, but you need to. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, just think five years ahead or 10 years ahead. Where are you going to be? How old will you be? And what will your health be like? And as I've mentioned to you in the past, you know, this cancer journey that my husband Mike's been on was kind of one of those out of the blue scenarios. We don't know anyone with kidney cancer. We don't know how he got it or or how it started, but I can tell you for sure that he weathered the chemotherapy and the surgery as well as he did because he is as healthy as he is. And yeah, you can say that 50, I like hope you're saying 50 is still pretty young. <laughs> really it is. It really well, is. If, if you're listening we do to feel this young. podcast, you're really you're either pretty darn close to 50 or you're over it. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, 50, 50 does not need to be old. And I, you know, it's it's so funny yeah. because my family acted old in their fifties, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing in the fifties and sixties. It's like, okay, we're old people. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm kind of like, no, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I dress up like Santa and climb in and out of a golf cart <laughs> trunk and they're throwing babies and dogs at me to take pictures. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, uh, I, I want to still be able to do fun stuff like yes. that. You know, uh, there was a girl, she, she's got problems with her knees. She's around our age couldn't even walk, you know, it was Mm. a two mile parade uh, and it wasn't going fast at almost any point in time. It took us three hours to go two miles. Um, So it wasn't moving fast at all. She couldn't walk it, her knees, and she couldn't even ride her bike to do it because her knees were bothering her so bad. Mm. Um, And so it's just, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you, you know, granted, sometimes this is outside your control, but if Mm -hmm. if things are in your control, Mm -hmm. like what you put in your mouth, what you decide if you're going to be a smoker or not a smoker, if you decide the drugs you're going to take, you decide how you're going to, how you're going to move. You could decide how you're going to sleep. You decide how you're going to deal with stress. You those are decisions. And, yep. you know, you can say, I don't have decisions, but I don't have a choice. You do. You just don't want the choice. Make the hard uh, choice. Yeah, it's a hard one. It, 
sometimes it is a hard one. And sometimes um, it's not fun waking up at the crack of dawn to go to the gym like you did at 5 a.m. or um, when we go running at 7 a.m. or something, but at 25 degree weather. But you feel good once you've done it and you're healthier for it. And that will help you get to that next five-year goal or 10-year goal. And you'll be you'll be better off in the long term. So if you can stick with it, be uncomfortable, it's yeah. worth it. Well, and that's what this whole episode was about. You know, yeah. if you listen to it and you're still listening, uh, you care about your fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanna you wanna meet your health and fitness goals. And mm-hmm. I I did the best I could in about, I think it was about a 30 minute yep. Yep. spew. Um, when I got done with it, I was kind of like, I feel like I just threw up a whole bunch of information. Uh, <laughs> but it was all good information. It's still and, and very useful. Start with the whys, um, be self-aware, get some accountability and go back and re-listen if you need help or contact you or me if you want more help. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Raz, I will talk to you next week. Great, Alan. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum and discuss his book, From Fatigued to Fantastic, a clinically proven program to regain vibrant health and overcome chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.